world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Yes, and it's uh, post-Christmas. I didn't get on the scale this morning. I did go to the gym, but I purposely didn't get on the scale. I'm going to wait a day or two because i got to get rid of that holiday fat. Uh, so about a year ago, I met this guy, Luke Carr, a uh, Portuguese immigrant, came to this country and went through the process. I met him down in Trenton. We spoke on a cold day, but as Sandy knows, it's always a cold day. It's always a cold Trenton. day in Trenton. Yeah. And uh, his story was inspiring. We were friends online, communicating back and forth. And then a few months ago, when our buddy Tony Gallo was running for a Middlesex County Sheriff, uh, Lou spoke there as well. And he's really refined his story and his anger as a legal immigrant coming to the land of opportunity here. So we've been communicating back and forth online. He's very rude to me in the communications. I'm always <laughs> so nice to him. And uh, <laughs> pot kettle. And uh, so he sent me a message. He has family visiting from Portugal, and they love to shoot. Uh, one's never shot before, the younger Francisco. Francisco yeah, yeah. has never shot before, but Luisa, Luisa has shot before. So I said, come on up, and let's knock out a radio show. So they shot today. You guys even. So without further ado, Lou Carr, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Francisco? Pretty good. Luisa? Same. Very good. So uh, you guys shot, Francisco, you're a young man. Go by the microphone here. You shot the 50 BMG? Yes, I did. And what'd you think of that? It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. No, you'll great. be back. Oh. Yeah, you yeah, will. You'll, I, I you'll be back. So. I really hope so. You'll be back. But really do you have a good time? My staff treat you well? Perfect. It was the Perfect. first time you ever shot real guns? Yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty big adrenaline rush, right? Yes, it is. Oh my God, he's yeah. hooked. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, welcome to my family, both of you. So, so Lou is here. So, Lou went through. I don't know what you guys shot in the 25. I was doing uh, show yep. prep with Sandy or something like that, and uh, Sandy was handling. What were you doing? Supplies. 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 Yeah, yeah, I was and doing uh, supplies. and uh, so you guys, I saw you sh shoot the 50. So, so Lou is uh, an immigrant from uh, Portugal. And he came here and he did the entire process and he did it right. And he's going to he's gonna share the story because there's a couple of things going on. A lot of people have heard me talk about the three tiers. So the first tier is the political elites and the rich socialists. The second tier is the criminals and the illegals. And the third tier is the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. And to have true socialism or communism, you can only have two tiers. You have to have the top rich people and you have to have the bottom poor people. The middle class, the law-abiding citizens, we're in the way. And uh, so all of these cities and, and states have been passing these sanctuary city laws uh, for illegals and criminals. And now Virginia started passing sanctuary cities for Second Amendment, and New Jersey passed two sanctuary cities for Second Amendment. And Bloomberg, Moms Demand Action, and all these politicians are freaking out about it. But this is my my philosophy here. Sanctuary cities for illegal and criminal aliens. The progressive left promote and threaten our public safety 
but will attack and threaten anyone who creates a sanctuary group or city to protect law-abiding 2A citizens' rights. Mm -hmm. It's backwards. That's right. We all know it's backwards. So, so Lou shared a story with all of us, and it's extremely gripping. And uh, take it from the top, Lou. Just like we have four segments, just like you said it in Middlesex County before you got on the stage. Like, did you trip when you were going up the stage or down? Uh, no, I, I think it was on the way down, you know, and I had such welcoming, uh, well, uh, reassuring words going yes, up the he's, stage. He's always very comforting. Uh, uh, he was outstanding. He yes, says, yes, you know, absolutely. he actually told me that he was going to be late to, his, to work. I mean, he's coming here. He told me he was going to be late to work because he actually was waiting for me to uh, go up there and... Uh, well, he didn't use those words, uh -huh. but he was like more like, "I'm gonna, I wanna watch you, f up," you know, <laughs> and uh, and it, it was, it, and he was, he was, you know what? It actually turned so, out to be a so unlike, you know what? But it, it actually it turned out to be some somewhat of an endearing uh, environment because I did keep that in mind all all through my speech, uh, and at the end I did screw up and I and I said my la one of my last few words was like. Damn you, Anthony Calandro! <laughs> you, you told me to that I was going to screw up. But again, it was uh, it was a good atmosphere. Just you know, and just uh, again to have this man's um, you know th this man's friendship and uh, respect uh, from a person like myself, an immigrant, it is it is uh, honorable to me, and um, I'm extremely uh, humbled by it. So thank you for having me here. By thank the way. you. We're all one family. Yes, sir. So, so Lou, share your story with us because it is a it's a story that everybody should hear, especially people who want to de defend illegals coming into this country. Yeah. Well, um, and it, this is actually I, I don't know how I get like this, but every time I share this story, especially here today with my sister, uh, people look at me and they says, "Okay, okay, don't mess with that guy." Sometimes, but I, I I'm a bit of an emotional individual, and. Uh, this story might might get me a little bit teared, teared up here because my sister's here and she knows the story, so she could validate it. So this is a more validation because my sister's here and she was part of that coming to to America. So um, if we go back to 1989, um, that's in February of 1989. That's when my parents uh, and I uh, arrived to America. Before that, my father applied for um, legal status. Uh, legal immigration status in uh, in America. Uh, so we went through, in Portugal, we went through all the paperwork, uh, which included uh, medical exams. It included, I had to do a tuberculosis test. I had to do AIDS test. Um, and, of course, our background checks were uh, unheard of. If, if you think New Jersey has background checks for firearms, well, then you should go through an immigration process, a legal immigration process, because... Uh, even years later, after being here, and I uh, became an American citizen, a proud American citizen, uh, the file that I handed the immigration d department as I swore, you know, took an oath as a, a law-abiding American citizen, naturalized, of course, it was a file that was probably about an inch thick. I mean, they know everything, everything, to the place that I was born in, everything, every step from the day that I was born until now they knew who I was. That and, of course, my entire family. So, through, through it all, 19, you know, 1989, we landed in JFK. It was a cold day. And, uh, you know, we got picked up by uh, an old Chevy wagon, you know, a Chevy Caprice wagon. And I tell you, uh, I was a little kid, 16 years old, and he certainly was a bit frustrating to see what America was at first glance. You know, I was expecting a bit different. But, Gold. We arrived Gold oh, very streets. cold, yeah. very cold, and we arrived mm -hmm. at our place of residence, and uh, I was not prepared for this. It was a small little attic, which 
I showed my out bright, you know, my sister's here now, and we took a few rides, and I went to show my sister and my nephew because he's 19 years old, and uh, I wanted him to see why his uncle, that in essence his uncle that lives here, kind of more American than anything at this point, for sure, why his uncle is uh, ha has so much frustration, I guess, sometimes in regards to all these items, and I showed him the place that myself, my parents, and my little sister, my little disabled sister, uh, resided for many many months after that and it was a small little attic that was smaller than your average two-car garage and four of us lived in that little attic but we did we did my father upon arrival um, went to work right away and I went to school and you know what it took my parents three months to buy me a $30 pair of sneakers because all I had was what I brought in my carry-on suitcase but we were legal and I was called back in high school an FOB which is fresh, fresh off, off the, the boat. boat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was wet back when uh, I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and it was fine. You know, it was fine. I knew that I was an immigrant, and uh, you know, but I was there legally. Um, and we worked extremely hard throughout. But one of the caveats here is, as we arrived, there was one person missing. Well, my sister had stayed behind, which gladly she's here with me today. But my sister had stayed behind because she had kind of began to make a life for herself. Uh, my sister has an outstanding position in life in Portugal at this time. She has worked extremely hard, and it's probably one, you know, I, I love her dearly, and she's one an amazing individual. Ultimately, uh, my sister uh, stayed because she, she wanted to, but my little sister, the one that I referred to earlier, my disabled little sister, stayed behind for about 10 months. How old was she at the time? Oh, God. You were 16. Um, she was probably... You can talk. 12, about 12. Okay. Okay, so uh, my little sister stayed with my sister here, Louisa, my older sister, uh, because she was disabled and she had to undergo a lot of medical, um, you know, exams and uh, history and so forth. And uh, after those 10 months that my sister took care of her in Portugal, she finally came here and we had, well, my parents had to sign a waiver stating that they would not, I repeat, would not apply for any services okay or benefits for her mm -hmm. they gladly did it they didn't care about that because my father came here and started work at 12 14 hours a day and i went to school and the rest is history so it was 1986 then and you're it was 89 89. 89 and your sister was 12 and had to sign a thing where the u.s is not going to be responsible for her care correct if anything happens to her that is correct okay wow okay. that is correct and, and and i'm sure my story is is a mirror image of many more of millions exactly. out there yes and uh and, and, and it's quite quite challenging to honestly to, 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 to see that my story today has such an impact because my story should be common practice, should be nothing more than our duty as immigrants. So, uh, but that's, we'll get to that. But uh, so he, here we were, you know, uh, in America and making a life for ourselves. And uh, through it all, um, it, was, it was quite challenging for, for a kid like myself to adapt and so forth. But... Uh, we, we plugged away, and uh, eventually I got my license a couple a year or so later. I got my license, uh, which we'll talk about that as well, and uh, it, it, it cost me $22.50. And one of the things that I, because um, it was $5 for the um, uh, permit and seventeen fifty to actually get your license with a picture taken. So there was quite some time ago. I know that. But uh, uh, ultimately, um, I had to show a, a very important piece of documentation uh, which was my green card, which uh, stated a uh, legal 
alien okay and that took my parents a whole lot to acquire so you could see my animosity towards not towards the people per se but towards the process that we have today as people are literally undermining all that myself and millions of law-abiding immigrants have done in this country so that's truly an uh, undermining our process okay did you see what Paul Duggan posted yes we're stealing that line he said by giving driver's license to illegals and doing this for legals you're taking American citizenship and bringing it to junk bond status yes a no. great analogy no. like as right. citizens why yeah. why go through the process like why did he do all of that why, correct why did his father and mother go through all of that they could have just come here illegally and start right. getting everything for free right. and subsidized yep. but instead chose the right way and it took how many years did it take before you became citizens? Uh, quite quite a few. I think it was maybe like uh, well, at first I really didn't uh, <coughs> pay pay much attention uh, to becoming a citizen right away. But it, because originally we were we were granted a green card that had no expiration date. The law changed, and at one point uh, they made you renew your uh, green card, and it's valid for ten years. So I, I renewed it the first time, but I got tired. Yeah, I was I'm not going to go through this again because it was I think it was like six hundred dollars to renew your green card wow. at the time. So I said, I, I'm done. was a lot of money back yeah. then. Yeah. You know, now, I was already here legally. So if I, and again, let me emphasize the fact that should, should I have missed on that renewal, I would not be able to apply or renew my driver's license, okay? Right. So I said, let me just go through the whole process. And I wanted to make sure that everything was right. So I hired a lawyer, although you could do it on your own. I hired a lawyer, and I had a, a ton of paperwork that I had to uh, put together. Uh, and uh, again... As I handed that paperwork in, uh, you know, they they knew my life, you know. I mean, and I took a note to this country, and this is my country. My se- my sister will tell you I'm more American than anything. Uh, and uh, I, I took it. I took that oath, and I still have my little flag that they give you to when you take the oath for this country. You know, it's, it's still still there in a the little, you know, um, frame because it was one of the most incredible moments of my life. Um, but again. It took a lot of work, and it took the lawyer itself about a year to compile all the paperwork and put everything together, okay? And I paid, it was a bit over a 1000 that I paid to for, for all of that, uh, which was fine. I was fine, but I wanted to become an American citizen. And the day that I handed in my green card and got my citizenship paperwork, it was... You know, it was awesome. Still felt like something was missing because I wasn't born here, but I was proud. It was a proud moment for me. Uh, And now here we are after all that we've done, after my parents literally busted their behinds. They they worked very hard. It's one thing that I got to give my parents credit. Even even years after my father had a a major heart problems, he refused to, 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 to accept the fact and wanted to continue to work. A man that worked 12 to 14 hours a day, Monday through Saturday, and on Sundays he, he built his house little by little. Okay, the whole, right. the whole, porch, a, lot, a lot of Portuguese will tell you the same story. That's mm-hmm. all they do. So, and through it all, our lives have progressed, and we've built everything that we are here today. My parents and myself, everything that we are, and I could say that I've achieved. To a certain extent, slightly my American dream, of course, everybody wants to win the lottery. But uh, to, to be able to achieve that American dream, to, to be able to, to live in the best country in the world, was a tremendous, tremendous pride and honor. But today, as I stated already, 
it is quite challenging and almost and literally undermining for what we see our government doing today. And and again, I'm not talking down to those folks that you know need our uh, assistance or should be applying for citizenship or green cards. I have nothing against those people, but to give benefits to those that haven't even raised one finger, okay, to apply for a green card or anything of the kind and to just give them the benefits that it took my parents, my family, separate my family. You want to talk about separating families? This was separating families. This is my sister, my nephew that I haven't seen in, in, in years, okay, because we decided to come to America the right way, okay, and today we're here legally. You know, so so to to have these people today question my my stance, to question many of us about these illegal aliens, because that's what they are, and that's what they will always be in my eyes, because I was a legal alien for many years, so nobody's going to take that away from me, nobody. Mm-hmm. And so to have that today, those benefits, that driver's license, that I still remember. The, sh- the little Chevrolet, I forget what a little Chevrolet, four-door Chevrolet, that I had to borrow because we didn't, my father's car, you could see, they had no floorboard, so they, motor vehicles wouldn't allow me to take I, that. I had it a was, car like that. It was, it was, listen, it was a Dodge Omni, first car that my father had here, a Dodge Omni, that a battery blew up on top of it, and it was completely, the paint was completely shot, and the muffler was gone, and the floorboards, you could literally see the road as you drove. Motor vehicles would not l- allow that car I used to put a for safety over issues. The top of the hole. Yeah. So <laughs> just to keep the cold air from pulling yeah. it. What town did you grow up in? I gr- I uh, when I came here it was Newark. Okay. You know, I, I down in the down Ironbound section yes. down there. You know, huge concentration of Portuguese there. One side uh, from the Azores and the other side from the mainland. Yeah. So Wilson Ave Ferry Street. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Wilson Ave. <laughs> so it is. You know. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it, it was it was quite challenging uh, to today. It's quite challenging to see. Uh, all of that being given without any effort. I mean, the, the, when people talk about going through hardships and so forth, these folks chose to break the law. Mm-hmm. Let's not make a mistake right. here. They chose to Listen break the law to br- and, and to commit a federal crime, which is to cross the um, you know the border, okay, the United States border, and that's a federal crime. Now you are providing, you meaning our government, are they're providing benefits to these folks by breaking federal law and giving them the same that I had to work so hard legally and pay good money for to be here today and have the honor and the privilege to speak to you as an American citizen. That is absolutely the biggest punch in the gut that anyone could give me. Okay. What other country can you cross the border and just stay there? You can't. And get free stuff? You can't. Is it? there any other country in the world that you can do that in? Well, well, y- Sweden, you can. Yeah, you could do it in Sweden. They kind of welcome it. Well, the, you tried the, that in Europe, Italy, the you, EU community is kind of the borders are flexible mm, there, yeah. and you can kind of do that. Right. You can kind of get away with it there. But, you know, I've been all, all over the EU, and there's a lot of immigrants that have just landed. So. Right. Uh, which, again, it's all Soros-backed and everything. We know this. It's right. a new world order. Again, we want to get rid of the second tier. The politicians want to get rid of the law-abiding taxpayers. You want a slave state. Right. So you want the rich and the connected, and then you want the servants. That's what it's all about. And let's let's call a spade a spade here. We all know, ultimately, it's for future progressive 
votes. Without a well, doubt. I mean, there's it's no other reason. Let's face it. How do you feel about the fact that in New Jersey now, thanks to our governor, we you're automatically, even though you've broken the law, you've committed a felony, you've basically crossed the border illegally, but now you're granted the right to vote as every citizen, as all of I am the child of immigrants. I'm but a first-generation American. I'm second. That that, that is how can I how can I put it in words? That is undermining undermining all mm-hmm. of the work. And I know, and, and I was trying to you know, I, I don't want to put my my nephew here on. How a old sp- are you, Francisco? I'm 19. God, I don't want to put him on the spot here. But when my when my nephew got here, we had a couple of talks about what's going on. And my nephew saw my my passion, my emotion towards all of these issues because he's a, he's a he's a man. So I, I spoke to him about it, and I think it was kind of possibly a bit strange for him to see that passion from an immigrant. Because, but then I I, I kind of I, I think he came around a bit because I showed him where we were where we were raised in America, yeah. what we had to go through, all that's possible here. The fact that he's here today shooting a BMG. As odd as it may sound, it is because of his uncle right. has done everything the right way. Right. And he's has been a law-abiding citizen, okay, and has done everything the right way to be here today and to have that privilege. And, of course, working hard because without money, I mean, this country is, 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 a, is literally a capitalistic environment, which I'm perfectly fine with. Okay, I'm perfectly fine with. You get, you, you get what you put in, basically. The meritocracy. When we come back, we're going to talk about what Sandy's saying, voting. It's all linked linked together with uh, driver's licenses for our rich, diverse immigrant community, a.k.a. illegal aliens. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? 
Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick. But just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. So, so Louisa was saying because she does, I don't, for some reason she doesn't want to talk on the air. She waits till the commercial, <laughs> and also uh, you know even though it's after Christmas and I did work out today and I'm a fat guy, you came from Portugal or a Portuguese neighborhood and you didn't bring me the custard cups. I know oh, that's man. horrible, right? Seriously, I went I mean, to the dude, place where they make them that. in I Portugal. The original, the original bakery. I forgot the name of it now though, but that's my yes. Oh, otherwise, sure. you're banned from here. Of course. Uh, that's I've been to mainland it's Portugal a few times. I've been to the Azores a few times. So the Azores, I'll tell you, Punta Delgada, Sal Miguel is beautiful. But what Luisa was saying is a lot of the Portuguese immigrants that came here were in a much different position than the immigrants that came, let's say, after World War II or the Irish immigrants during the famine, the potato famine. They had okay lives in Portugal, but they right. came here because they knew there'd be bigger, but they suffered, right, Luisa? Tell us about it, please. A little bit. I don't want to okay, you don't want. Okay, that's oh. fine. But, but okay, uh, I'm just saying that uh, we ha uh, most of uh, the, the those kind of immigrants are uh, immigrants like my father. Um, they had a good life in yeah. Portugal. Yeah, they weren't they living well. in a mud hut. No, no. that's right. not the point. But they chose to live here, and they tried their best to achieve what they wanted to, the legal way the right way. Mm -hmm. So when I decided to stay in Portugal, I had a good life there. I was in college. Uh, well, I work I work um, in court. Just okay. Let's say that way. And um, Portugal is where I was born and I want to live there for the rest of my, of my life. But I want to have the right to come here legally, to stay here as long as I want, and I'm very proud of uh, what my brother have achieved nowadays. You should because be. He worked very hard. He's um, a very um, working person and with good values. And I'm proud to say that we, some kind of, g gave him those values. Yes. Of course we you did. Yes. Of course you did. So we had a good life. We were a good family. And, um, well, we obeyed the, the, law. the law. Correct. Since we were born, we were taught like that. So that's our way of living. It's not different now. That's why Correct. we yeah. fight so hard. And so yeah. Good thing you didn't want to talk. We no, got you. I think I think her words I think her words are speak for themselves. I think she she, she made a very a very valid point. 
uh, my sister and uh, you know the, the values here is just that I, I, you know and, and Anthony to, to, to be here to speak on your radio show to have met you to have been a part of some of these items that we've uh, been involved with you know the speeches and so forth it is a true honor for a kid like me a kid that came here uh, the legal way, but a kid that was kind of lost at one point and find its way and work hard and is here to be here to, with people like yourself and um, you know I hope Mark doesn't uh, doesn't get upset. But for example, to have had the pleasure to 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 meet to shake Mark Cheeseman's hand to understand what that man has is doing for New Jersey uh, and and to to just know such incredible people and also to kind of to hear. Based on what, what my what my um, you know my ambition is as an immigrant, what my values are as an American, to have, which I believe your respect, it is it, it is humbling to me. It is truly humbling because you guys, people like yourselves, people like your parents, your grandparents, are the ones that have made this country what it is today and have allowed for people like myself to continue to live that dream. And those that say that the American dream is dead, those folks are probably on welfare. I apologize, but you probably are on welfare and you do not choose, you, you possibly don't want to do anything else. Okay? I am sorry, but I, actually I'm not. I am not sorry at no, all. I know. Okay? I because you cannot tell me that you cannot achieve your dreams in this country right. when a little kid like me, a lost little kid like me, at 16 came here and today is here speaking before you not rich but certainly with a life that was only possible through hard work and many opportunities many opportunities that this country provided me mm -hmm. because I followed the law right. and I did not ask anything from anyone and today speaking here with you I am on vacation paid vacation because I took some time to be stay, stay with my loved ones but I am still working full time because I choose not to go on disability because for many of, uh, of my friends know that I have multiple sclerosis, but I refuse to give up, okay? And I, not only do I refuse to give up as a human being, I refuse to give up as an American. And those that, that undermine my resolve, check yourselves, folks. Hell because hath no fury. Check yourselves because I love this country. You know, it's I interesting what you say. All four of my grandparents came to this country after World War II. And one had two kids, one had seven kids, and they all worked two, three jobs. And if you had asked all four of my grandparents on their deathbed if they knew where the welfare or unemployment office was, <laughs> they would not be able to <laughs> no, tell you. Right. Because that's the ultimate shame or right. disgrace to take a handout. They did not come to this country for handouts. They came to make a better life for themselves and their family. And it's funny because my, my father's side are Italian, and none of my, my father and his six brothers and sisters do not speak Italian because my grandmother and grandfather forbade it in the house because, yeah. A, they could talk yeah. amongst themselves and the kids didn't understand, but, B, they used to tell the kids, you're in America now, you have to learn the language of your country because you're going to need that to succeed in life. So we kind of, that got lost, but what didn't get lost was the work ethic. Yeah. Okay, right. so my parents did a little better so that uh, when I was born, my brother and I had a better opportunity in two short generations, you know. And that's, you're right, that's what yeah. the dream is about. Do you have kids? I have one kid. How old? Uh, four and a half. So think about his boy? 
He's a boy. Yeah. Think about the life you're good for yep. him now. Born in born in the USA, in, but you know already though. You've been hanging out with us gun guys for a while because you're a strong Second Amendment yes, uh, supporter. The left always says that us gun people are racist, sexist, misogynist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Did anyone ever ask you your immigration status with no. the gun people? Do they even no. care whether you were a naturalized citizen, whether you were born? Who cares? Nobody. Nobody has ever ever questioned. They they've actually, on the contrary, the ones when I mentioned, they're like, please stop saying you're an immigrant. You're an American. You're you're our brother. True. You know because I, I be, and I use that because. Not because I want to say, I want to emphasize that I'm an immigrant, but I'm just tired of being undermined. And, 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 and I think people need to realize that there's a right way and a wrong way. And that, uh, you know, and my, my, my fellow uh, patriots like such as yourself and uh, a few more uh, friends that I have out there, uh, they know my story. They, they, they never <coughs> questioned who, uh, you know, if, I'm an, if I was an immigrant or where I came from. Never, never. I've always been welcomed. Okay, but again, as you stated, I've been called all types of names. Actually, actually, at the rally that we had in Avenel for Tony Gal, I I challenged uh, a, a gentleman that was there because of the sign that he was holding, and automatically I was called a racist and a misogynist. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and uh, well, they forget that uh, you know, well, not they to forget. I think ignorance has the best of them because um, how. It's challenging to me to, to, to hear that I'm a racist since I'm married to a 100% Chinese girl. Uh, actually, I just rented an apartment that I fortunately have because of my hard-working Chinese uh, in-laws that immigrated from China the legal way. Thank you for for that. Uh, and I just rented the apartment to a to a very uh, nice uh, black couple because they're just great people, you know. And I judged people by their you know uh, their values yeah, and not their merits so and values. Yeah, by their character and their, yep. and their values. Cares, not right? so much. But I don't. I couldn't care less people about with color. People, it doesn't matter. You know, but but automatically the fact that we have here today is automatically when you are uh, when you challenge their their idea their na narrative. The only defense that they have is you're you you know you're a racist. And these folks that uh, call me that they have no idea where I came from. The problem is is that there is these are talking points that have been yeah. established and 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 repeated over and over again as if they're rote and you brought up a very interesting point about the American dream and a little history on that the American dream is not the promise of streets paved with gold no. of becoming rich of having two houses and cars it is the ability to be able to be unencumbered in your in your ability to gain that on your on your own character on your own merit with your own work and not be have that taken away from you by the government yeah. and somewhere along the line I'll tell you exactly when it was Woodrow Wilson and FDR who changed all that you know a chicken in every pot type of a deal and yeah. it's it's become a a phrase of expectation and that it is a benefit to you to if you're an American you're going to get everything for free well no that's socialism exactly and that's what most of us have es tried to escape and uh, w when you find so many people coming in and not having a a, a history 
You had to know as a citizen to take your citizenship examination. You had to know the history. You had to be proud of it. You had to learn it. You know greater American history than most of the 20 or 30 year olds or probably even 40 year olds in who were natural born Americans. I, I would say that that's unfortunately a valid statement because yes. um, because folks uh, when I mention our constitution and I see the left mentioning our constitution and uh, and, and they, they, they need to uphold it I, I, I cringe because <laughs> I don't I, even know what the constitution yeah, the, the, I have the, a constitutional right to do the such hypocrisy yeah. that, that it comes from from that side is just a, a outrageous uh, and uh, when they people loathe the constitution and, and, and when people tell me uh, you know I know we focus a lot uh, is, there's a lot of people out there who says oh you guys just focus on a second amendment no. well folks that's not true but here's the thing and this is this has been proven time and time again and I hate the fact that Americans true Americans that were born here that have lived in this country for for decades don't see that unf what's happening around the world and we lose our second amendment we lose everything. Yes. Yep. We lose our Constitution. We lose everything. So, yes, there's a focus on the Second Amendment, and I am extremely pro-Second Amendment, 100%. We lose our Second Amendment, we are done as a country. Yes. And nobody can tell me different. And that's why the left pushes so hard and for so long to dismantle it. So, today, I would like someone to explain to me, after all that I've been through, Myself, and again, when I say I, folks, I, I hope nobody out there gets upset, but I'm talking about from millions of us immigrants. Mm -hmm. How is it that I have to somehow cope with the fact that I had to undergo all those medical exams? I had to go before the American consulate in Portugal for an interview. Okay, I had to do that when my parents and my and, and myself and Thankfully, that lady was so nice. She saw that I spoke a little bit of English. She engaged in a, in a conversation with me and just started talking to me and kind of ignored my parents. True story. <laughs> and at the end, and she asked me, so, are you, uh, see, this is where I'm going to mess up. Do it. So she asked me, so are you excited? Are you really excited and are you really looking forward to, to go to America? I'm like, oh, my God, that's my dream. You know, my parents and my, that's my dream. And she said... Well, have a nice trip. And I'm like, what? Mm. And he didn't, I, 16 years old, I just like, what? And she stamped our paperwork and signed off because it was <coughs> up to her after the, uh, after the, um, the medical exams, the background check, everything that we had spent, it was up to her to determine whether or not we were going to come. Wow. I'm tearing up here, damn it. You always cry. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. 
The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms and those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun for Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. So, so listen to this, guys. Sandy was talking about driver's licenses before because uh, Governor Murphy joined uh, Harpo Cuomo and uh, Gavin Newsom in California. Fourteen Democratic-run states allow driver's licenses for illegal aliens. They call them uh, uh, unregistered or undocumented immigrants, which is really illegal aliens. And you'll hear them. They all, all so, the well, wait. Does that mean that if I get stopped in New Jersey... Without a carry permit, I could be an undocumented uh, firearms carrier. Or? Uh, no, it doesn't work that oh. way. The the left can pick and choose what parts of the law they want to follow. We're going to get into that in a minute too. It's disparaging. So here's what I want to tell people: They say there's about six to seven hundred thousand illegals in New Jersey, and if you look at the Facebook post, because Lou knows I troll the governor's page, right? Everything <laughs> tax, right? Everything tax. That's yes. awesome. And and people will see. I'll write something. I'm like, now they can vote. They're like, no, you idiot. They can't. They're not going to be able to vote. First of all, uh, no, you idiot. Voter they ID can. is yeah. considered racist. Right. So we can't ask for ID. Right. That's because the left has controlled that narrative. New Jersey is what's known as an opt-out state for motor voter since 1995. Thank you, Cass Sunstein. Correct. So when you go to Motor Vehicles Now as an illegal immigrant and apply for a driver's license, if you do not check off that you do not want to be registered to vote, you will be registered to vote. Now, when that person goes to the ballot box, 
no one is checking their status if they're an American citizen right. or not. No. All right? So they will be able to vote. So for the idiots out there, for people that listen to the show who have friends and family and coworkers that don't get it, it's all for votes. That's right. Okay? That's what it is. We have an opt-out state, so Murphy knows he's going to get five or 600,000 more votes, and New Jersey's going to end up like New York and California, where the Democrats have super majorities, and they can take our state to what's left of it and kill it, so they end up with the two tiers. We just crush the middle tier right out at the exp our expense. Now... Two cities have become sanctuary cities in New Jersey for Second Amendment. Virginia, 95% of the counties and cities in Virginia have declared themselves sanctuary cities. Now, the left has been using sanctuary cities for illegals for the past six or seven years now, right. and no one said a peep. So now we're using it for the Second Amendment, and Bloomberg, Moms Demand Action, and politicians have gone apoplectic. They're freaking out, right. saying it's unconstitutional. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah, you can't All do right? it for that we, reason. Yeah, we, we can pick this right. rule and law right. that we want, but you can't do it All for that reason. they discovered the Constitution. Ex again, yeah. yes. So next week's show, I'm going to have Walter Cleary on and Lou Signoro, who are two council people from one from West Milford and one from Sussex Barrow because now Mark Cheeseman has been sending out the the resolutions and the paperwork all over for people to share give this to your town your barrow or whatever and see if you're right leaning if they're pro gun if you can get them to pass the resolution now Murphy and Gruel are going to step in and you know there might be a real flash pot in Virginia because uh you know, Governor Blackface Northam is talking about bringing the National Guard yeah. in. He will shut your electric and water off on your house until you turn in your guns. You know, it's it's it. This might get this might get pretty bad. But I just find it interesting how the progressives can pass sanctuary cities for illegals, but us law-abiding citizens, citizens, Lil, you're a citizen and you want to be part of this two-way sanctuary, which is a constitutional yeah, was a constitutional right. right. <laughs> That's illegal. Yeah. But giving illegals sanctuary in the face of the Constitution is not Which illegal. Is not a constitution. Correct. So, so again, it's all going to go up it's to the Supremes. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the last thing, and I want Lou to continue, but yeah. since Trump has been elected, 187 judges have been appointed. Him and Mitch McConnell last week, they pushed 12 judges through before Christmas. All right, he's now appointed... 25% of the federal judiciary are Trump appointees. We're already starting to see cases coming out of the 3rd, the 5th, and the 7th Circuit that he flipped. We're already starting to see cases come out into our a ballpark, okay? Lou, Ron Rhino is our Facebook friend. He's gay. He has a partner. He's married. He's a pro-gun guy. I've spoken with him. When he came out of the closet as gay, cool. When he came out of the closet as a gay gun owner, <laughs> the gays attacked him for being a gun owner. Yep. All right? But no gun nobody, people nobody even mentioned <laughs> that he was gay. Exactly. Okay? no one now, cared. Up, up until like, this day. What are you shooting? Yeah, up until yeah. this day, Lou, I didn't know if you were married. I didn't know if you were gay. I don't know if you were straight. I, I don't care. Right. It has absolutely no relevance. When I see a guy like you who's standing up for his constitutional rights and he's proud to be a law-abiding, tax-paying U.S. citizen, that is as far as I need to go. 
and but the left plays us out as like we're gonna, we, you know, because we have to all be separated in these little tribes where we're yes. fighting amongst each other. Right. Oh, law-abiding citizen pays right. his taxes. He's pro-gun. He's pro-constitution. I like him. I hang out. Hmm. Well, he's married. He's divorced. He's gay. His wife's Chinese, black, green. I don't give a shit. And ninety-nine point nine percent of all the gun owners are the same way. Yeah. Yes. We tend to be the most tolerant yeah. people. You guys were here today. Did you see how many different how many shapes and colors did you see yep. shooting in the range today, Francisco? Everybody. No, all of them, you know. All of them, right? Yeah. Everybody was different. Do we care? Did you see anybody being treated differently? No, not at all. Luisa, you, know, you have a little Portuguese action. Anybody treat you different? Of course. And not. nobody call you wet back or FOB <laughs> while you were here? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jimmy works for me. He's Greek. His father is FOB. His father came here from Greece, and he calls his father FOB to his face all the time. <laughs> Go ahead, Lou. No, what were you going to say? No, I was saying that we were treated, uh, let, let me be honest, we were treated with the utmost respect, um, and uh, everybody here is just phenomenal. So, I mean, and, and again, I've seen this throughout the gun community. I mean, think about this. Um, whether you, uh, you like me as a person or not, to, to for, for, for me to have... The, to somehow have the, a bit of the respect, and I just don't want to put words in a man's mouth, but to, to, to be allowed to speak at Tony Gallo's rally, okay, to just have that man listen to my story and say, Lou, I want you to speak there, that, that, that was an honor, but at the same time, it was challenging and demoralizing because, again, folks, I am here today, but I can't tell you how challenging it is to know that my story today has such an impact as I already said it shouldn't we shouldn't we need to go yes, back to following right. our laws right. our American laws our American immigration laws again I'm not talking down to any people any any gender uh, race or creed fine it, it, you are what you are this used to but be this the is norm. about law this is about being right. a law-abiding citizen. Right. We and were supposed to be a nation of laws. And if I, if I may just somehow flip a bit to, towards the, the, the driver's license issue for illegal aliens, because that's Please. what they are. Uh, I found out at last minute, uh, and uh, you know, I think you know Bill Hayden. Yes. Okay? And Bill don't Wild come. Bill Hayden from yeah. Sussex County. So, uh, which again, uh, somebody that I respect and admire as well. A very good uh, gentleman. And again, true patriot. Uh, I found out at last minute through him. That uh, him and uh, a few more folks were going to go down and uh, speak their mind, provide you know provide their feedback, at the uh, Senate committee in Trenton. This was on a Thursday, I believe, and we were going to go speak uh, against the um, <coughs> uh, driver's license for illegal aliens. Well, let me tell you, we were there early in the morning. I was greeted automatically by "F you, this and that" because I asked the banner, oh, "Is this are you guys pro or?" Uh, pro or uh, against uh, driver, uh, driver's license for illegals. And one guy outside, thank God state troopers intervened, uh, one guy outside said, uh, w w illegal, they're undocumented. My, what are you calling my comrades? I swear to God. My just comrades? Like, what do you, you don't disrespect my comrades. I'm like, I'm not. I was, I was like, I'm a, I was a legal alien for uh, many years. If they don't have paperwork, they're illegal aliens. Oh, F you, F you, you yeah. asshole. This and that's and then there was a state trooper because I was right at the entrance of the of the hall. A state trooper came outside as I said, hey, "What's going on?" I was like, "Ah, he's and he heard everything." He's like, "Come inside, man. Just leave it alone. Do you want to do you want to file a report?" I'm like, "For what? For that idiot? Don't worry about it." But I was there. Let's get to the topic here. I was there to speak, and I had a, a speech that I still have to, in in my on my phone. I had a speech ri written to go before the Senate committee in Trenton. 
Okay, along with Bill Hayden and, a, and quite a few more distinguished people that were there against driver's license for illegals, people from Washington, D.C., and so forth. Dozens of illegals and pro-driver's license for illegals spoke. At 12.15, <laughs> you could ask anybody that was there, at 12.15, they started counting, oh, we still have a whole lot of people to speak that need to come up and talk. But we could only do it until one because we never another uh, matter to attend to. They continued on, and at one o'clock, after illegals spoke with translators, after lawyers spoke, that I'm, I asked myself, "How the heck did you pass your bar exam?" Yeah, right. Okay. After all of that, they shut us down. And if it wasn't for a complaint that was issued, they allowed four people to speak. But it was like. Let's just make them happy. Yep. And oh. let them go. Now, mind you, oh. my my gripe with all of that is that as a legal alien, legal immigrant, now naturalized American citizen, I was not allowed mm -hmm. to talk when illegals that broke federal law went ahead of me yep. and took what it's rightfully mine. Exactly. That. That's right. It was, I was numb yep. when I got out of there, folks. Okay? And again, you could cross-check my information, my report to anybody. You would expect this in a banana republic. Okay? As a law-abiding immigrant, I was denied the right to speak, to voice my opinion, but millions of others, I mean, you know, in this case, right. dozens yeah. of others. Yep. yep. And, but in essence, millions of others are being heard with no right to do so. Right. They do the same thing to us gun people. So that was your first foray. You'll be down. We'll be see you in Trenton again. I testify in D.C. and 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 Trenton. When I go to Trenton, they'll have the anti-gun people there. The moms demand they can talk as long as they want. The politicians, the, the anti-gun politicians, engage them and ask questions. And then when I come up to speak, they, they, they start ordering their lunch, talking amongst each other, and they, they leave the room to take a break. Yeah. That's, That's how we're treated. Yeah. That's insane. That's how we're treated. Luisa, Francisco, you're going back to Portugal? Yeah, oh, you live here? Uh, no, no, no. no. They're both going they're back? Both of them. Yeah, welcome to our family. You're welcome back anytime. Just bring pastry. <laughs> Lou, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Next time we will. You used to be fat. No more. Lou, Sir. I love you like a brother. Likewise. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, you know, we have a ton of classes. J January 17th, Sandy and I are taking the uh, Urban Revolver it's class. Be interesting. It should be it's uh, going to be really interesting. And I have a lot of letters, but I'm going to read them next week because I wanted to give Lou his due because we've been trying to coordinate to get him up here. But... Again, this is what we want. This is our future. I tell everybody that, too. I grew up Newark poor, and I'm the American dream, too. I, didn't know, I had a plastic spoon in my mouth. I went to college for one semester. <laughs> one semester. Who's born with a plastic spoon? Yeah, I was born in a plastic spoon. No, I was born with the flat wooden one that you get that's with ice cream. Right. That's right. The little flat wooden spoon. Oh, man. That's, that's I know those. It's just flat. flat. No, it doesn't yeah. curve. Because you're a fat guy at heart. Yeah, that's how you know, I know that. Those. All right. So thank you. And keep fighting. I'm proud to stand alongside you. And I consider a U.S. citizen. I don't care about any of that naturalization shit. So, thank you, sir. Thank Much you. We need thank more you. like you. Not you, Sandy. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Go ahead.
Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a counterthink media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. Happy New Year. See you next week. To go shine.